Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Hey, good afternoon, America. Today is October the 9th, 2013, and I want to say happy hump day. You know, it's really silly. I have been watching way, way, way too much television. Every time I think about happy hump day, I see this damn camel walking through an office talking about what day is it? What day is it? Never mind. Some of y'all will get that later. Anyway, here's what's happening. I have a um, a really special show today. Uh, me and this dude actually had... Um, had a opportunity to be share a real special moment in time together, and that was getting ready to, I guess, go where God took us. I remember watching this uh, brother walk around the university center, and he would have these little five-by-seven cards in his hand, always promoting uh, Swisher House artists, uh, some rap artists and what have you. And I was like, you know, this dude is on his grinds. Now, here's what here's what was different, you know. Everybody, the North has Eminem, uh, you know, or now I guess they want to, L.A. wants to claim Eminem and what have you. But this dude, he had a different type of swagger. You could not tell, I swear to God, you could not tell whether this dude was white. You couldn't tell whether he was Hispanic. You couldn't tell whether he was a brother. All you could tell was that there was something really different about this cat. And the guy that I'm talking about is the rapper, the Swisher House star, Mr. Paul Wall. I, uh, I'm bringing him on uh, today with his beautiful uh, wife, Crystal, to talk about going beyond the game and going beyond what we see in the media that represents uh, hip-hop artists. This guy has had, um, how can I put this just without sounding corny, He's had some wisdom that for a young G, and yeah, he's probably old y'all, but I can call him that. I got him by about 20 years. But for a young G, this brother's got game that is mad game. He understands not only the business of music, but he also understands the message within the music. He has taken what began as, and I'm a witness to where this cat started, so this isn't just me reading a bio and, and saying here's some stuff about Paul Wall, but I watched this dude walk around University of Houston's campus back in 2004 and 05 and what have you, passing at maybe 03, passing out like uh, everybody else's stuff, promoting other people and always talking about, man, you need to check this dude out and you need to check this this, this chick out. And, and I'm going to say this to you, America, and to the U.K. and Canada and all you guys that are listening on the islands. You might want to take a note out of this page because I am a firm believer that when you help someone else get their game on, God will position you to blow up. 
and that is exactly what took place with this dude is the same effort that he put into making everyone else get a little bit of hype and a little bit of fame and a little bit of notoriety. Uh, when it was his turn, it truly rained on him. You may know him. Um, he's got so many hits out there. One of them that I like is Blank a Hater. I'm not even going to say what that uh, the word starts with, but it, it's the it's the word that the letter that comes right after E and the other letter comes right after J. So you can fill in the blank. Holler at me, creeping. Uh, got to go get it. I mean, right now. Uh, I mean, Chick Magnet, holler at me, baby. I mean, this dude has just hit after hit. But the one that one of my favorite is the People's Champ sitting sideways. I mean, this boy has thrown down the the uh, gamut on rap music, and he did it his way. He doesn't sound like anybody but Mr. Paul Wall. And with that said, I would like to welcome to our program today, Mr. Paul Wall. What's up, dude? Hey, what it do? Hey, man, it's this is uh, it, it's almost like uh, a deja vu moment happening in minus the smoke filled room. Man, tell America I, they already know who the rapper is. They know who the superstar is. Tell them about how you got into the game and what drew you to it. Well, I just love music. There's just something about music. My mama, she was a teacher for about 30 years, so when she taught, she wasn't a music teacher, but when she taught, she taught using sound, like music and song and stuff like that. Like, you know how you teach somebody the ABCs and you sing it to them to make them remind it, to make them remember it. That's kind of how she she taught me. And uh, that's just how she taught me to learn things, too, was in song. So in, in, in there are other little things that, that made me fall in love with music, like when she be my mama would be cleaning the house up on Saturdays of the weekend. She'd be, you know, listening to music, and it, it just was a different type of vibe. You could see the joy it brought her, and you know, when she turned the music on, it was like turning on a light switch because it turned a smile on in her, and she just, you know, just started being happy. So, just seeing that joy that music brings somebody, you know, made me want to be a part of that. And um, and hip hop was just something that you know was my my musical choice. Um, that's what we listened to in my neighborhood where I grew up. That's what we listened to. We, we, we tried to rap at, at school or, you know, at the, at the lunch table on the school bus or on the corner or wherever. We, we'd rap just for fun or whatever. And then, um, you know, hip-hop was just really what, what I, I just fell in love with, it, especially because of uh, Little Kiki, Fat Pat, Screwed Up Click, and UGK, you know, the, those Texas Rappers are really what made me fall in love with it more than anything because they promoted that Texas culture and and the sense of Texas pride that you're you're born with and what they teach you in school and you know just that if you're from Texas everything's bigger and better in Texas so you know just that sense of Texas pride that, that I'm from Texas so I'm, you know we worth something because I'm from Texas you know it's just something you just take pride in being from Texas so you know just those artists that promoted the Texas culture just really made me love rap music that much more. And I just had to be a part of it. Man, when we go back and, and tell that story, a lot of people don't realize that we we got the same game going down in Houston, Texas, that they got going down on the East Coast and on the West Coast. And, and I, I, the more that I've traveled the world, even in Hawaii, the hood is the hood. People are struggling. Everybody's trying to uh, come up and trying to and get up. Man, what was it that inspired you 
to do like when I, I want to take it from like that U of H phase because that's where a lot of cats now are, they're making that decision: Do I go to school? Do I try to bust a move in this rap game? You know, how do I do what I do to make it do what it do? I mean, where what was going through your head when I was watching you in the UC passing out everybody else's stuff but your home? Well, I just wanted to be a I wanted to be in the music industry some kind of way doing something. My my dream job was to be a DJ. So I used to have um, some turntables, and and being that I worked for other record companies doing promotions, I had access to the to the records to play the actual records. You know, it's different now when you can DJ, you can DJ now off of straight CDs in your computer. Well, back in those days, if you wanted to DJ, you had to have actual turntables, you had to have the vinyl, the record. And those records, the vinyls were were hard to come by. You couldn't just go buy them at the store. You had to know somebody from the from the record company that could send it to you. So especially if you wanted different things like the clean edits or the instrumentals or you know other things like that. So being that I I worked for record companies like I like for Def Jam Records and No Limit Records and Cash Money, you know, in in the in the late '90s and 2000s, that's you know, that was that was hip hop. Was Def Jam, No Limit, Cash Money. So being that I worked for them doing promotions, I had all the hottest records. So they they gave me one. They gave me an opportunity to meet all the other DJs because I was bringing them the records. Whenever you know, if Jay Z or Ja Rule or whoever at the time was hot, or, or Master P or whoever, if they had a hot record, I was the one bringing it to the DJ. So it gave me an opportunity to meet the DJ, as well as see the inner workings of how street promotions work or how uh, song promotions work and, and those type of things. So I, I really learned the hustle firsthand by promoting other artists. And that just really just showed me how to promote myself. It also showed me, like, it, it taught me how to how to act as an artist because I'll be promoting these artists, you know, busting my tail to, and sweating, blood, running from the police, everything just to promote these artists to help them get their song off the ground or their album or whatever, whatever we're promoting. And sometimes you'll meet an artist, and they'll be the just rudest person you ever met. You know, it'll just it'll 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 kill your spirit and your joy because you you'll be looking so forward to meeting this person, and you meet them, and they're a complete asshole. And then you're like, damn man, this is not what I expected. And then you go from being a fan to not being a fan. You know, yeah. to me, I I wanted to be the uh, the opposite. I wanted when people to, when people met me, you know, if they had a, a perception or preconceived notion or any thought or whatever just from my appearance or whatever they might have thought or they might have heard from somebody, I wanted to, you know, reverse that when they met me. I wanted them to leave after meeting me thinking, man, that's a cool dude right there and, and wanted to support me. So that's why mm-hmm. I kind of I got the uh, the people's champ uh, type of uh, mentality from, is treating people how you want to be treated. And, uh, and and it goes a long way, especially when you when you think about artists that you look up to or that you really revere or admire, or just not even artists, just celebrities in general. If there's somebody you look up to and you really admire them and you like their work, whether they're an actor or a writer, or they could be a lawyer or they could be a, a sport, an a athlete or a sports commentator, anything. You know, if you if you admire somebody and you, you really look up to them and you meet them, and it's just the exact opposite of what you wanted or what you expected. It just makes you really lose your love for that person sometimes, and, and, and it's, it's it's disheartening sometimes. So, you know, I, I just I, I just can see the joy also that when you when a, when you 
you meet a fan and they really love you, and you meet them and you just make their day. You take a picture with them, all that, you know. To, to be able to bring that type of joy to somebody's heart to life, you know what I'm saying? Just to be able to bring that to somebody, just all from saying hello and taking a picture, taking you know a minute out of your day. That's a powerful. That's some power right there. That's that's a that's some real power. That's like some superhuman power right there to to be able to turn someone's day around and just. All you gotta do is say hello, take a picture, and that'll that just will brighten somebody's day up and and turn their day around. You know, that's the I don't know. I just really found strength in that, so I wanted to. You know, that was like my super. That was my superpower. So I, you know, that's my little special weapon, is to be able to put a smile on people's face and and you know. So I don't know. I, just just that people's champ mentality kind of came from that. But you know, being that I I, I saw how other artists treated. The promoters, the DJs, the fans. It was just like, you know what? If I ever make it, I'm not going to act like that. That's not how I'm going to treat people. I'm going to treat people differently. And, uh, and that's really basically what I did. Man, I'm going to tell you, that's some beautiful stuff. Now, you were talking about ride or die and having a number one fan, and I know that uh, you're the number one fan. We're going to take a break. I, I, I'm going to say this lady's name because she's as pretty as her name, Crystal Wall, and we're going to bring her back in a segment. Uh, Julia, if you don't mind, let's uh, cue up some of Paul's music. We're going to take a minute and check out some of your new work. I know you got a new mixtape in the mix. So, ladies and gentlemen, today I am honored to have Mr. Paul Wall with his beautiful wife, Crystal Wall, in the house, and you're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We're going to listen to some Paul Wall right now, and we'll be right back. And 
that he's a strong, God-fearing man. He has always been that way. You know, I remember going on my first date with him and um, him grabbing my hands before we ate and was like, come on, we got to bless the food. I was like, what? I knew he was the one for me at that point. <laughs> hey, I just say it like this. I've seen him bless some food, and I've also seen him eat some food when we were eating the meals out them sacks. And uh, your boy knows his way around a plate. You feel me? Uh, he can he can grub. Oh, you feel? And I want an invitation to come over there and try some of your cooking because I heard it's the bomb. But we'll go there in a minute. My big question for you is when this dude. All of a sudden, he, you're watching him go to U of H and pass out everybody else's stuff. And then one day, you know how that moment that changes your life happens. He walks in the house and he says, baby, I got it. What did that feel like for you? Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Um, it was nice to see. I mean, it's just it's always wonderful to see God's plan unfold, always, you know, but I, it was nice to see that his hard work had paid off, and um, I don't know. Everything that, that Paul does is amazing to me, though, because he's such a hard worker, and he deserves everything that he gets. Anything, any anything that he gets, I feel like he deserves because he's such a hard worker. Um, and he loves what he does, and he's so passionate about it, and he loves his fans. He loves He loves making a difference. And it's not even just about the music, you know, it's just life in general. Just He's just always a giving person. He's always the first one somebody calls when somebody, you know, if they need help paying for a funeral or, or just need somebody to talk them off the ledge. Like, he's always that person. Um, I always thought that that was such, such a special trait to have, you know, as a person, as a man. And... um Especially as a rapper, you know, it's just not a common thing. So, well, I've, I've got to ask this quick question, and because it's just buzzing in my ear right now, Paul, what if there was going to be something that you're going to tell some young cats that's new to the game to look for when they try to find the right chick to be ride or die or to be by their side? What did Crystal present to you where you knew, you know what? I got the right girl. This is ride or die. I, I know she's the one. Well, there were, there were several things. Um, you know, obviously her, her beautiful, her, her beautiful, her face and you know her figure and her big booty. That that obviously <laughs> helped. You know, but I'm just saying. You know, there were several things. You know, one her being a godly person, her having family and family support, and uh, you know. And everybody has somewhat of a dysfunctional family these days. You know, I know I definitely came from a, a crazy family. And, uh, you know, so, but it's it's how you deal with the dysfunctionality and how you deal with the, the crazy things that are going on to to get past them. You know, that, that shows a lot, says a lot about your character. So, you know, uh, just seeing, you know, seeing the struggles that her and her family have overcome and the struggles my, me and my family have overcome, a lot of them matched up. So we had went through a lot of the same things. And then, you know, her personality more than anything is, uh, you know, us being best friends, we really are best friends. This is my partner. We ride everywhere together. We go everywhere together. We always talk on the phone. You know, she really is my best friend. So I think that's the most important thing. You know, for me, what I wanted was a best friend. Some some people, when they look for a lover, they don't want a friend. They just want a lover. But that ain't what I wanted. I wanted a companion, a lover, a, a friend, 
you know, somebody that I'm going to be a protector for, but somebody also who can stand up for me if I need it, you know, things like that. And she definitely will. She didn't, We didn't got into some uh, altercations before she had my back. So, you know, it's just things like that, you know, that you've got. When, you, when you're looking for that person to be your uh, lifelong companion, you know, because that's what I was looking for. I was looking for a, a wife for life, not a, a wife for, you know, Right now, yeah, not a wife for the night. I'm looking for a wife for night, so uh, a wife for life. So that's what I was looking for. So, you know, when you look for somebody that you want to be with for life, you think about, okay, what do I want? What do I want in a woman that I'm gonna be with for life? Because there's different qualities than when you're looking for somebody just to go sleep with, or somebody to be your girlfriend for now, or, or something like that. You know, you know, a, a companion for life. There's a different type of qualities, and she she had everything I was looking for, and it just was. God brought it to me at the right time. Timing is everything too. Because if we were, I got I need to ask two big questions. I just got a uh, someone just sent me a little uh, uh, few texts, and my phone is like blowing up with text messages. Somebody told me to ask Crystal. Crystal, how do you deal? And uh, this is my show, so America, pardon me, but y'all know I'm halfway baked. So I got to say it. Crystal, how do you deal with the uh, groupie hoes? That's exactly what the message says. So how do you handle these females that don't want to respect the fact that that's your husband and your children's father? They're just trying to do something strange for some change and get in where they fit in. How do you handle that? You know, um, in my younger day, oh, God, Lord, in my younger day, I handled it totally different. See, now I'm a mother and I'm older. And I don't, mm-hmm. I'm scared to go to jail. Not mm-hmm. too scared, but I am. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. That's my. Thought. But um, you know, I I don't handle it anymore. Paul Paul takes care of it. Paul's quick to say, "No, nah, I'm married. I'm married." And another thing he'll say is, "I'm married, and my wife is crazy." So, mm-hmm. you know, I my thing is, it's all about respect. You got to respect the woman that you're with. Um, and, and vice versa I have to be respectful of him um, So I don't really deal with groupies anymore Now there is, there have been times Where um, young ladies Have been a little too aggressive mm-hmm. And I have had to step in there And you know um, Get a little, little different with them Give me an example of somebody like being too aggressive, because you know America wants to hear hear the gossip. So tell me, I know. like one of the most throwed off, when the hell ghetto fabulous uh, brick city did you step off of? Boot behavior situations did you endeavor? Give me a good one. Well, well I, I can tell you. Oh God, there, there have been a few times <laughs> where you know we might have been somewhere and somebody just you know, and, and sometimes you know. People are confrontational sometimes, man, where they'll see that I'm there with my girl, but they'll just do that on purpose just to get under her skin or maybe just to try to see how far they can go or just whatever. Some people are opportunists. They think it's their opportunity of a lifetime, and they just, you know, they've been watching too much love and hip-hop or something, so they just thinking it's some everything go down a certain type of way. But, you know, one time I remember she, thank God the bottle was empty, but she grabbed a, a bottle and uh, began to uh, swing it in the uh, direction toward a young lady's head when uh, she got a little bit too aggressive. But this wasn't, she wasn't getting too aggressive on me. She was getting too aggressive on my homeboy. And uh, Crystal felt, he was married too, and his wife was standing right there too. And Crystal, just, she just felt disrespected that if this if this girl was going to be all up over 
my homeboy like that in front of his wife, then she'll do the same thing in front of me. She was wrong. She was wrong. She had been asked to leave out of VIP. She did not get out of VIP. And she, okay, so his friend plays for the NBA. And these young ladies are thirsty. I mean, they're thirsty when it comes to rappers. The groupies are thirsty when it comes to rappers, but they become extremely thirsty when it comes to NBA players. So, and, and I had never been around that. All I saw was that this young lady had been told to leave out of VIP. She was being very disrespectful to this man's wife. And I wasn't finna stay in there. Now, if I'm if I'm at a place with you and we all came together, then I'm riding with you. We are riding together. And I'm not going to let nobody disrespect you. And this young lady was being very disrespectful. I was in a whole other state. I wasn't even in Texas. And I wasn't even trying to show that side of myself. I wasn't trying to let that out But She was just too disrespectful So she would not move So I had to You know And she was thirsty So you know I was going to give her something to drink We we, we learned how to handle uh, Those situations Now You know I was younger then Nowadays We realize All you got to really do Is just tell the security And point it out And let the security handle it Yeah and, And there have been moments Where young ladies have Been disrespectful But here's the thing when people make comments like, why he with her? Oh, he could have done better than that, or whatever. Well, they don't make them comments no more. Well, no, I'm just saying in general. You know, because after two babies, when we was taking a, a, a break <laughs> from the gym, you know, we both put on some weight. We grew you know together. what I'm saying? Yeah, we grew together. But, you know, now we don't, we don't have them problems no more. Obviously, you know, her being a fitness Zuma instructor, her, her story of, Working, losing all that weight on her own, just doing Zumba, uh, you know, that's a hell of a story. So she and she got a hell of a body to go with it. The proof is in the uh, the proof is in the figure right there. But so they don't say that too much more. But I mean, to be honest, I mean, I don't want no other woman. That's what it is at the end of the day. Uh, I don't want to sneak around on my wife. I don't want no, no matter what the girl is, no matter who it is in the world. In my mind. This is the woman I want. This is who I'm with. So why even play games? I'm not going to play games because these girls out here can't. They don't have nothing for me. They can't offer me nothing. I have what I want. This is what I always wanted, a wife, children, to be a father, to be a good father. You know, this is these are my life goals right here. I got, you know, I, 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 the wife of my dreams, two children of my dreams, and I'm a, a, a good father. This is those are three things that I always dreamed that I wanted, and I, I accomplished them. And it, it's still, you know, it's still something I'm striving for because it's, a, it's a, a daily journey to be a, a committed, dedicated husband and father. It's a daily journey. you got to dedicate yourself every day to it. And it's a full-time job, both of us being a full-time husband and committed father. Those things, it's a full-time job, you know, just as much as a full-time job or career is. It takes just as much time to be a dedicated husband and father. So, like I said, man, I got what I want. So they they can't offer me nothing. They don't have nothing I want. I don't want no other girl. And that from what I can see, you don't need another one. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, if, in case we can take take your guys' calls today, uh, you might want to get in the queue at 646-478-5610. That's 646 I want to uh, put a little bit more of this music on because uh, I want some people to hear some snippets. you got some fresh stuff. We're going to come back. We have Crystal and Paul Wall in the house today. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. And when we come back, 
we got we're gonna talk about love and hip hop. We're gonna talk about uh, the feel uh, rich movement started by Quincy's son. We got a lot to talk about, so we'll be right back in about sixty seconds. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. They hate to see you falling. They rather you was broken than a joke. I made it at the bottom, but they rather I was hanging from a rope. I show a lot of love, and you save us way more than I can count. But the first time you say no, all the shit you did before don't count. I never showed hate, showing love is more effective Strangers think I owe them, even though we not connected They focused on my flaws, searching hard like detectives Jealousy and envy is just something I expected But friends turning into me is something I neglected I can't please everybody, that's what I Hey, you're listening to Conversations with Dr. Von Young in the house today I have the one and only, the people's champ, Mr. Paul Wall, and his corner woman instead of corner man, Miss Crystal Wall. I've got to uh, go into this conversation because I have been asked to, uh, I got a call from Hollywood, man, this summer where they wanted me to do like this doctor, uh, I guess it, it's almost uh, like Dr. Drew and rehab, but it was going to be me in a house with a bunch of ex-hip-hop stars and what have you. Now, this is very, very funny. When we, when they call me about this, I'm looking at Love & Hip Hop, which I ain't going to lie. I watched that damn show. Uh, Stevie J, is when he gets the rap face, dude is off the chart. I don't know what the hell happened to Rashida and the whole man, but I know they call the Wall family. And y'all were probably like, hell no. So what made you guys decide not to participate in love and hip hop. Oh man, there was a there's a lot of contributing factors to that. Yeah, we've been asked to do a bunch of reality TV shows um, <clears throat> in the past few years. I just I don't know. It's yeah. just not the avenue for us. Some some of them we tried, you know, because there's always that thought that you're gonna be a TV star and you're gonna make all these millions of dollars just off of being on TV and that, you know. You know, that's how they sell it, you know what I'm saying? And those things are great if that's what happens for you, but that's not what happens. What happens is there's a producer, an executive producer, whose job is to get ratings. Their job ain't to keep your marriage together. Their job ain't for y'all not to fight, for y'all to support what y'all got going on or to support you in any kind of way. Their job is to get ratings for a show. So what they do is they ask you certain questions, like before you even do the show, they they interview you in front of a camera, you know, and they ask you all kinds of questions about what you like, what you don't like, what you hate, everything. You know, you know what will really just piss you off, you know, you know, and, and things like that. And then when you when you begin shooting, the different things you said, you know, would just really piss you off. You start to see those things start to come about. Damn. So, you know, when, when when you tell them, man, I just can't, I just hate when you know this happened. Then all of a sudden, I hate when somebody steal my parking spot when I'm, you know, pulling up the Toys R Us. Man, I hate when somebody tries to steal my parking spot, and then you pull up, and it just so coincidentally, coincidentally happens that someone steals your parking spot, and they want to see your reaction, you know, 
It's things like that, you or, know. Or they'll ask you ahead of time, like, and, and we're not talking about love and hip hop in general. We're just talking about reality. Reality TV. TV. They'll ask you um, ahead of time, like, who's the one person that just gets on your nerves, you know, that really irks you. Yeah, whether it be your your in law, your friend, or your cousin, family member, or anything, and and then then they'll they'll set up that whole situation so that whatever gets on your nerves will happen, and then you'll continue to push your buttons. And then they'll talk to you off camera, talk to them. It's just like Jerry Springer. You know, when we, we all used to love watching Jerry Springer, watch them fight. We knew they was going to fight. We knew they was wiring them up. Then the movie came out, and they showed us, man, they'd wire them up backstage. And uh, that's exactly how reality TV is. It's just like Jerry it Springer. It is not reality. Because, honestly, let's be real about it. Half of these people don't really interact with each other. They don't even know each they, other. Half of them don't know each other. And they're, they're their putting them time, together. The first time they meet them is on TV. And then there's alcohol involved 24 hours of the time that is going on. Which some people do drink. There's nothing wrong. You know, I'm not saying nothing against that. But I'm saying, do you drink, Do you wake up and drink? Do you drink 24 hours a day? No, but when you're on TV, you're going to have to drink because it's going to have to calm your nerves and all that. Extra. They want to bring that extraness out of you. And that alcohol will give you that extra motivation to bring that extraness out of you. And it's just, man, the reality of TV is entertaining. It's very entertaining. I love watching some of it, you know, but being a part of it, man, that's a that's a hell of a decision you got to really make. And then, too, you know, once you get on a TV show, it's like a different type of attention. It's not always a positive attention. It's a negative attention because, you know, we live in the day, day and age of social media where haters are the superstars, where you can become famous just off of, you know, talking down on somebody. You know, the Howard Stern type of shock jock type of stuff. You know, not even not even Howard Stern, because Howard Stern, because he's a real radio jock. I mean, people off the street who are just a regular known people, and you know, they start a Twitter page, an Instagram page, dedicated to just talking trash about people and bringing people down. Next thing you know, they got a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand followers. You know, and people, you know, and, and the, the supporters they got are retweeting, reposting everything negative that they say, laughing and all these jokes and he he and all that kind of stuff. That's cool, but where is the where are the morals at? You know, and you don't see a lot of morals these days. You don't see a lot of ethics or people that are willing to stand up for what they believe in or stand up for their morals or their ethics. And I just didn't, man, I don't know. We just don't. I mean, not to say we won't ever be on a TV show or be a part of anything like that. We just want to be a part of something positive. We don't want to be a part of something negative. We want to be a part of something positive. But positive reality TV don't really tend to sell. They don't really tend to get ratings and all that, you know, so... Hey, so that's not what they do. The, the reality TV that gets ratings is the craziness, the train wrecks, and you know, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a, the drama. Yeah, America definitely loves a train wreck. Uh, I got it. The one thing that I was, uh, I'm, I'm so proud of is like you, my boy Ti, Jay Z, and B. You know, you guys are really representing our people and our families in a way that um, makes me very proud. And and because I know you personally, it makes me extremely proud because the guy that you were then is really no different than the guy you are now, and, and that is so rare. Uh, I understand, Crystal, that you're the ambassador for uh, the Feel Rich Movement, and that's co-started by Quincy Jones' son to promote health in the urban hip-hop community. What is that about, and how did that begin? Um, well, QD3 and uh, Sean Ullman 
started the whole uh, Feel Rich movement, which is basically trying to get the hood healthy. They saw that, um, I think QD3 especially saw that in inner city neighborhoods, you know, there's not a lot of organic foods to choose from. Um, Most of the food that's on sale is like all the pre-processed stuff, um, and that's what our kids are eating, you know, a lot of these, and a lot of the, the Hispanic and the black children or just the kids in the hood in general, you know, we have a lot of overweight kids. I remember growing up, you had the one chunky kid in the class. It was always one. But now you got all 20 of them kind of chunky, you know, or got a little belly. And so they start thinking about, like, well, what's causing this? What's happening? What are these people eating, you know? And, um, and and do they know how to change it? Do they know how to fix it? You know, so they, they wanted to give an alternative and, and a cool alternative. And they thought about how um, the inner city, how or just black and Hispanic people or just people who are into hip-hop in general. Like, we look at hip-hop artists and you see Paul with a grill, so now you want to go out and get a grill, you know. So they were looking at that influence, and they were like, well, okay, we got people like Fat Joe, like Paul. You know, these people are losing weight, like Slim Thug, like Bun B. These people are um, exercising, trying to get healthy, trying to live a healthier lifestyle, along with being hip-hop artists. So they thought, okay, well, if we can get these people to back us, then we can really make a difference in the community. So... They approached Paul, um, they talked to Paul about it, and they interviewed him um, for a documentary that they are presenting at the, is it called, what's it called, the Sunset Film Festival? So they're pre, um, they're presenting this whole documentary at the Sunset Film Festival um, this year. And yeah, I got to ask you a quick question. When you started making this thing a personal deal, because uh, you and Paul have put y'all sexy on, right? I mean, it's, it's, this thing is where it's all the way down from the Kia commercial. I was sitting in the movies the other night, and I, I fell out laughing. You remember they had the, the hamsters that were in the Kia commercial. They got these cats in the gym, and they come out slim and trim and banging. <laughs> so, yeah, how did that play out at the crib when it was time to say, okay, Paul, uh, you know, no more Frenchies. Okay, Paul, uh, you know, we can't, you can't have that piece of pie, that peach cobbler. How did that, was that like a real struggle or was it an easy buy in? Because I know a lot of people that are listening to us around the globe right now, especially those of us that have a heavier melanin content, were, you know, trying to get us to give up some fried chicken and some catfish is like trying to give a crackhead to give up a pipe. So how did, how did that work out? Well, um, well, for us, it was something that had to be done. I was worried about Paul, you know, his weight, my weight. I was worried about the way that uh, it would affect our kids in the long run. We 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 didn't have energy sometimes. We were always tired. And I was just thinking, I don't want to spend the rest of my life like this. I don't want to think that just because my grandmother has diabetes that, you know what, that's just the way I'm going to end up. I'm going to be overweight and, you know, that's just the way we eat and, it is what it is. Frenchies is cool, and Frenchies is cool. Believe me, if you go by Frenchies, if if still, if I'm in the neighborhood, if I'm in Third Ward, I'm gonna stop off and get some Frenchies. Now I'm not gonna do it every day, but you know, I I we do it in moderation. We uh we diet, 
you know, our diet is, is, is all about moderation, eating healthier, um, eating clean, and cheating every now and then because there's nothing wrong with cheating, but you got to know how not to overdo it. Um, but with Paul, I mean, when he decided to have weight loss surgery, it was like, uh, to me, I think it was life or death. It was like, okay, are we going to continue to live unhealthy like this? or we're going to make a difference and make a change and try to be better, try to be better people, try to get better. And um, so when he made that decision to get fit and to, you know, not just have the surgery but also to get fit, like work out, eat better. He started eating vegetables, and um, he was really watching his diet. And that, in turn, kind of motivated me to get fit because it was like, okay, well, he done lost all this weight. I don't want to be walking around frumpy. He's looking good. I want to look good, too, you know. And, and that's when I started going to Zumba. And uh, that's also when I got involved with the Phil Rich movement. Well, man, that, I know we're going to be talking about that later this week. Uh, for those of you that are listening that want to find more out about this healthy lifestyle, we're going to forego jumping to another music break because, Paul, I, I think that you and Crystal have something that I really want to focus on, and that's – a lot of people get into the pro sports game or they get blessed and they get into the music game and they uh, get a few hit records or a couple of years on a good contract up under them, and that's it. They just, you know, all they did, I caught the ball, I shot the ball, uh, okay, I spit this beat, I did these lyrics, I sang this song. But you have been a visionary uh, in business. So first I want to say, man, what all businesses are you in? to start with, and what led you down that path? Uh, let's see. All the business. I have a T-shirt clothing co- clothing company. Um, of course, with me and my boy Johnny Dang and C-Stone, we do the jewelry business. We have two jewelry stores, one in the Galleria, one in Sharpstown Mall, also an online jewelry store. Uh, I- I- I've tried to get into a lot of businesses. All of them weren't successful, though, Um but I also there's a uh, I have I'm a silent partner in a couple of other businesses like a vodka company and uh, there's a, a, a detox company that I'm a part of and you know a few other things but that's just I, how I was taught to hustle you got to diversify your hustle you got to have more than one it's not like you just have when when you when you hustle it's not a nine to five where you got a four hundred one k you go to work every day set hours and as long as you do that you're gonna have a job and you're gonna have a paycheck. It's not like that. When you hustle, you got to go out there and get it. You got to find jobs. You got to find the licks. You got to find money. You got to go out there. And if you don't, somebody else will. So it's like all footwork. So, you know, when you have hustles, you got to have more than one because it's like this is this is how I was taught. It's like the weather. When it's cold, you put on a jacket. When it's hot, you put on shorts. If you're just chilling, you might put on some sweats or some flip-flops or something like that. If you're working out, you put on workout clothes. You know, whatever you dress according to the weather or your situation, it's the same thing. Well, you got to have different type of, just like you have different wardrobe for the weather. You got to have different hustles for the seasons because sometimes one particular hustle might be in. You know, if you're selling sweatshirts, well, you're gonna you gonna hustle them around the wintertime. You're not gonna hustle those sweatshirts during the summertime, so you got to switch it up to, to tank tops. So it's the same, you know. If the jewelry ain't going right, then I'm on the music. If the music ain't going right, then I'm on the clothing. If that ain't going right, I'm on the vodka company or whatever, or the pharmacies or whatever I got going on. Just, you know, different things like that. Like, 
you got to have different type of hustles. And, and as long as you go out there and hustle and you got different hustles, you you always be paid. Man, I got, well, I know the mark of success of any successful man is when they make a bobblehead after your ass. So if you don't have it, people get the bobblehead. Hey, man, I saw that. I'm like, this dude got a bobblehead. Now I know this dude. <laughs> but I got to ask this one, man. And, and this is to educate the homies out there that don't have the common sense to know what's a boo-boo deal. So tell me, when you were cutting your teeth in the game, tell me the boo-boo deals you got into where Crystal said, no, you didn't, and you said, yes, I did, but we getting out of this. Give me some examples of that, man. Uh, okay. I don't know if you remember a while back. Um, this might have been in 06, 07, when all the, like, Hollywood um, – the Hollywood girls were, were going to jail. Like Paris Hilton went to jail for the night, and Nicole Richie Nicole Richie went to jail for two days. You know, something very minor. Where they not like they really went to jail. Like when when, I, when we say go to jail, we mean like you went to jail for eight months or you know four years or something like that. They went mm-hmm. to jail for like the night, but it was just something that was like a trend going on where all these like celebrity uh, female. Uh, um, Socialites were going to jail. My homeboy had an idea. He said, hey, why don't we get some handcuffs and put some diamonds around them and we just sell them like bracelets, like individually, not not connected, but sell them individually like bracelets. We can sell them out of Gadzooks and uh, Hot Topic and them type of stores because those are the type of people we was going after to buy it was the people who are fans of Nicole Richie, who are fans of – Paris Hilton, all the socialite fans, you know, from Hollywood. So, I, you know, I put about maybe fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 into uh, getting these things made, all these handcuffs, bracelets made. And, uh, you know, needless to say, it didn't work out. And I got a, a garage full of uh, full of diamond bezeled uh, handcuffs. If anybody wants to buy something, give <laughs> me up. But Crystal, she was not too fond of that. She kept saying, "Who wants to? Who wants to think they going to jail? Who wants to wear a handcuff?" And now, you know, and of course, yeah, nobody wants to wear a handcuff. But at the time, it was like, you know, we trying to go after a certain market. We trying to start something. So, you know, we just were trying something. You know, it was worth trying because you never know. We could have made a million off of it, but we didn't. We lost some money. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. You just got to keep on fighting. Now, i got to ask this question, man. you got this new mixtape out, and I, I, from what I heard, is dope. Uh, who do you have on it? You got anybody like Slim Thug, Mike Jones, Zero, Lil Kiki? Who, I mean, who's in the mix on this thing with you, man? Well, I got one that came out not too long ago called No Sleep Till Houston. That one has a lot of Houston artists on it, like Slim Thug, uh, Propane, Marcus Manchild, uh, Kirk Bangs is on it. Uh, man, a lot of other people I don't even know off the top of my head. Killer Kaleon, Bun B, D Boss, um, man, several other people. But I got one I'm getting ready to come out with. Um, it's coming out next month. It's called Check Season. It has on it, uh, my boy Young Dolphy from he's from Memphis. Slim Thug is on there, little Kiki's on there, and uh, a few other a few other a few other uh surprise guests too. But yeah, that's coming out next month. It's called Check Season, and and I, I called it Check Season because when I started working on it, it was Tax Season, and they, everybody <laughs> started promoting Tax Season. Oh, tax, oh, it's Tax Season. We're about to get that free check. You about to get this free money from the government? But you know, I don't I don't promote free money. I promote you work. You gotta work for what you get. 
So, you mm-hmm. know, to me, you know, I, I, to get a check, you got to work to get a check. Somebody don't just hand you a check and let somebody die, and that don't happen. Well, you, usually, you know, in, in my community, when people die, they ask you for money. They don't give you money. They ask you for money. They pay for the funeral, <laughs> pay for the food, everything. You pay for the bills. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for check season, it's all about hard work, dedication, working for what you want, working to achieve your goals, putting in that work, and then when you're done working, you get that check. Yeah, that's some real talk. It's so funny when you said that. I was just thinking, you know, in other communities, uh, and I'm not just going to always say Anglo communities, but in other communities where people die, people say, damn. And in our community in the hood, when people die, people are like, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, me some paper, man. Yeah, money. Yeah, buddy. Now, hey, man, talk about being down for the game. One thing I, I want to set straight is um, there's been a misassumption about Houston and Houston rap and what we do. Uh, and I think it's the art imitating life things. And I know for a fact, like, I, I one of my favorite things that you blew up on was sitting sideways and all that, and people assume that we're endorsing people hitting up on that codeine and hitting up on that syrup thing and smoking them sweets, especially like your label is called Swisher House, and most for those of you that don't know, uh, hood lingo or swish is what you cut open when you want to put that natural herb in there, but I want to just ask you, Paul, what is your take on the obligation of hip-hop to uh, to educate people to stop tripping and to stop thinking that, you know, like I, I'm not knocking my boy Lil Wayne, you know, my boy doing what he does, what he does, but there's some messages going out there that are foul. And what I mean by foul is that people assume that all rappers and all hip-hop artists are sitting up, sipping syrup, and, and, and hitting up, smoking a sweet. Would you please uh, educate or, in the words of my boy on love and hip-hop, correctify? And no, I didn't say that. Somebody else did. But please correct this situation for me, Paul. Well, I mean, in everything, you got to do it in moderation. You got to know when to say when. Some things, the moderation might be very, very little or never, you know. But, um, you know, with everything, you know, whether it's, you know, syrup or weed or whatever, it, it could be alcohol, it could be food. If you overdo it, you know, if you don't live healthy, if you don't treat your body like a temple, then it's going to fall. It's gonna, you're going to destroy it. So you got to, you know, take pride in yourself and your body, you know, and, and treat it like a temple. But I think our obligation in hip-hop, it's a few different things. You know, for one, you know, when we make music, it's, it's art imitating life, like you say. So we want to talk about the things that we see and do and is going on in our culture, especially if it's something that's going on. And, you know, there's a lot of pride. There's, like a, a, there's a lot of geographical pride in hip-hop, too. Well, wherever you're from, you rep where you're from. We from Texas, we rep, we rep being from Texas to the end. And the Texas culture and everything that, that it embodies, whether you know the positive and the negative, you know, so we rep that. So that's you hear that in the music. But then, as you begin to see success, and sometimes you see the the, the negative effects of that, you know, it makes you think. Especially being a father and um, and a, a role model and understanding the power of the position God put me in, you see that your words can can carry weight and once you say something on a song you can't take it back 
you know, I could put a song out today and, uh, you know, and I could do my very best the next day to delete it from all the websites and send them cease and desist and take it off of iTunes, but it's still on the Internet. People still going to have copies of it somewhere, and if people want to find it in here, they can find it in here. So once you say something in a song, you can't take it back. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. You know, um, uh, I'm not going to say which song, but, you know, it's a song I it's a song I made that I, I regretted making, you know, after making it just because of the ignorance that was in the song. But at the time when I made the song, I made it for the ignorance for that purpose. I wanted to be ignorant on the song. I was, man, I was just feeling ignorant. I said, man, let me just, I want to be, I want to be ignorant in here today. Let me be ignorant. And, you know, then later on, you know, a couple of weeks later or months later, and, and your mom hear the song, and she's and she looking at you crazy like, why are you saying that? And, and you, next thing you know, you hear your daughter repeating the words of the song. Then you kind of think, damn, man, why did I do that? Man, I should not have do, done that because it's not just you making music for you and your homeboys. There's really other people listening that will listen to the words in a different context than, than maybe I meant when I said it or listen to it from a different background than I have so they don't understand where I'm coming from when I'm saying what I'm saying or, or for whatever reason. But like I say, once you say something in a song, you can't take it back. And I don't think people really realize that or – I don't think they appreciate the the power that is in a lyric. Once you say a lyric, you can't take it back, you know, so you got to think about what you say before you say it. But you know what I think? But I, hang on. I, Chris, so get a little bit closer to the phone because I can hear your wife. She's got to put a punctuation on that. Go ahead, sister. Yeah, okay. You know what I think? I think that people give too much power to the media and to music and to all that. That's not what's raised. Music, rap music should not be raising your kids, you know. It, it should not. Just because I hear somebody say something about sipping drink on the phone does not make me want to go taste it. I, I hear people talking about Molly's all the time. I don't want to go do a Molly. Yeah, you but know? that's you, though, because. But I think that people should, rather <laughs> than. There are a lot of people who, when he said Papa Molly, I'm sweating, they couldn't wait to do that just so know. they could be sweating, just so they could say that. I know, I know, but at the same time, I think that people need to focus on being individuals and think more so for themselves rather than what they see on TV, what they hear on the radio. Like, that does not make you. You are not Lil Wayne, so you can't live like Lil Wayne. You know what I mean? They're not Paul Wall, so they can't live like Paul Wall. They can't do what Paul Wall do. I'm not going to be out there trying to pop a mile in sweat. That sounds like too much work, for one. Also, I'm scared of that. That sounds like we all we all have had a crackhead in our family, have we not? Mm-hmm. Or been one. Thank you. Now, I have seen my uncles go to jail. I have seen. I had, my mother had five brothers growing up. She has two left. But I have seen my uncles go to jail. I have seen my uncles sell drugs. I have seen my uncles um, high on drugs. I have seen my own father at one point in his life. He was high. I mean, he was on drugs. Um, he was addicted to crack. But I say this to say, like, seeing them didn't make me want to do drugs. It made me want to stay away from drugs. It made me, I don't know, I, I just feel like people need to think for themselves and not let the media dictate um, who they are, you know, or what well, they should be doing. Well, one thing I want to commend Paul for doing, and, it, you know, it takes a real dude to do this. He's been in the game, y'all, since uh, 2002 is the first thing that was made for public sale. 
and, you know, now you're 13, going on, uh, going 10, 11 years deep into this game, you went from rags to riches, you know, now you're considered uh, not only uh, a large footprint in rap music, but in terms of the South Central United States and for the West Coast rap scene, you are definitely in a power hitter out here. But I want to ask you, as we go into the almost uh, to the last five or six minutes of the show, Paul and Crystal, you can feel free to share this too. Uh, if there was a message that you guys were going to say to the young couple that wants to be entrepreneurial, that wants to get into this game of music and to, uh, or not even just music, but just wants to make something happen beyond what they see here and know, what advice would you put out there for them, uh, especially as it relates to surviving the pressure? Because the last trick, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the last trick Satan uses on people is not going to be temptation. It's not going to be depression. It's not going to be isolation. I think the last trick the devil has in his bag to pimp you out is being successful. So what would you guys say? Uh, is a key to staying happily married and staying successful. Paul, give me a one-minute answer. Crystal, give me a one-minute, and then I'd like to get some access points for, you know, tour dates, websites, and et cetera. But give me in one minute, first starting with you, Crystal, what does it take to keep your man grounded when he's blowing up? Well, um, you got to keep God first in everything that you do and stay focused on that. First and foremost, um, and respect one another. You got to have respect. You got to have real love for each other and know the person that you're with. Don't force nobody to be somebody that they're not meant to be. You know, you can't force someone to be a good husband if that's not his will, you know, if it's not what he wants to do. So um, I just say keep God first. Definitely, man, you got to keep God first. You know, you, you got to keep the friendship there. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a successful relationship, you got to you gotta want to have a successful relationship. Some people feel like they're supposed to have a successful relationship out of obligation. Like, I've been with this person for so long, so we got to make it or whatever. You got to want to make it, too, though. Like, I don't want nobody else but the woman I'm with. And some people in relationships, they want somebody else. So I would suggest to them that they pray to God for what they really want. If they want to be with that person and pray to God that they'll fall in love or pray to God that it'll work out. But, you know, sometimes when we pray, we beg. And I don't think that's how you're supposed to pray to God. I think you're supposed to ask God for what you want and, and kind of tell him what you want, not, not beg for it. Um, but, you know, you got to keep God first in your relationship and in your life, you know, that's just how I was raised. Now everybody wasn't raised that way, so I don't know. I don't know how to make it if you don't have God in your life. But that's the only way I know how to make it is to keep God in your life and God first. And uh, and and yeah, that's yeah. Keep God first. <laughs> okay. Now, Paul, before we uh, say say goodbye to America and Canada and Australia, dude, to these island folks, how can people get up on you? Well, you know, what's the website? You got any tour dates jumping up? What what's uh what's what do we need to know and do to be in contact with Paul Wall? Yeah, my website is Paul dot com. My Twitter, my Instagram, 
Vine, Facebook, Google Plus, all that is at Paul Wall Baby. At Paul Wall Baby. And uh, you can hit me up on there. I got a new album coming out uh, next month in November called uh, Check Season, so be on the lookout for that. And already, and you can hit up Crystal. You want to tell me your page? And they can find me on Instagram, Chris Wall Baby. C R Y S Wall Baby. Man, that is so cool. Hey, Chris Paul, I want to thank you guys for being on this program today. It's been uh, uh, just, like I said, a family reunion on air. I look forward to seeing and hearing some new stuff from you, Paul, in the future. And the stuff you're doing in the uh, community, Crystal, is just its making a hell of a big difference. Keep doing what you do. It's been fantastic having you guys on the program today. America, uh, the U.K., Canada, I just want to tell you guys, we really do appreciate the tremendous amount of support and love that you show this program. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young would not be what it is and it wouldn't do what it does unless I had your love and support. I want to send a very, very special shout-out to my producer, Julia. Um, you are the bomb, girl. I could not do this without you on so many different levels. Now, with all of that said, the one thing that you know I'm going to leave you with is Spend some time with God and spend some time with yourself. After all, if you don't want to spend any time with or be alone with you, why in the hell would anybody else want to? Anyway, that's a wrap. We love you, and if don't nobody else love you, you do it. This is Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young, and I will be talking to you on Sunday evening at 730. Julia, cue the music up, and we are out of here. Love you guys. Have an awesome you, baby. Uh, the Wow. Yeah. I come my mouth looking something like a dick about. Yeah. I got the diamonds in the ice out. Yeah. I might cause a cold front if I take a deep breath. Cleaning like I'm chewing on the lunar force. My showing all my diamonds, sipping on some potent oil. I put my money where my mouth is and bow to grill. 20 kids, 36. I know I'm so for real. Yeah. My motivation is some 30 pointers. Yes, I'm gonna tear my mouth. Everybody's